Welcome back to Uncharted Faith. Today we are going to talk about some real issues with dealing with insecurities and dealing with our value system. Where does it come from? Why do I believe what I believe? And how can it be different? And the Bible talks about taking every thought captive. Well, realistically, how in the heck do we do that? So stay tuned. I hope you get something from this message. It's a little bit longer than normal. So just if you need to listen to it in pieces, listen to it in pieces. But I promise you it will encourage your heart. Um, I believe that everything we go through in life is for a purpose and on purpose. And what man meant for evil, the Lord can definitely use for his good. And I have found that through every scar that I have, that the Lord has used it to create a heart in me that loves people and that is passionate about speaking the truth. And so if you are there and you're dealing with your own personal wounds and things like that, please know that you're not alone, but that the Lord can heal that and use it for his good and for your good too. I love you guys. You matter. And I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Uncharted Faith. Today we're going to talk about our value system. Oftentimes for me, I have found my value in anything and everything uh, but God. I have uh, been very insecure. I've had a lot of, oh, what do we call it? I guess low self-esteem insecurities is kind of the, the, the vernacular that we use this day. Um, but yeah, so I grew up with a very low self-esteem. I grew up with a twin sister that I loved dearly, but I was always comparing myself to her. Now, nobody had to teach me how to have a low value system. No one had to teach me that I didn't matter. No one had to teach me. I just believed it myself. When the enemy came and started whispering his sweet little nothings in my ear, I just said, yeah, you know what? That sounds good. Because I believe that the truth cost us something to um, to really believe, to really stand on. And you could sit there all day long and say, you're smart, you're pretty, you're, you're successful, you're, you're enough, you're this, you're that. And, um, and for someone like me back then, I just wouldn't believe you. So how do we get past this low self-esteem? How do we walk through insecurities? How do we how do we really start to believe something that's different? Um, because different is uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but when someone wants to change the furniture in the living room, I get uncomfortable. Put it back. I had just gotten used to where I can get up in the middle of the night, get a glass of water and not stub my toe. And now you change the furniture again. Um, if you're someone like my mom, my mom goes on these cleaning sprees where she likes to organize everything. She'll even go as far as to not only organize, but she will also label everything. Well, this sounds fantastic. It looks great, but give it about two, three weeks, maybe even two, three days. Because if you've got my father, he just comes back and, well, where, where'd you put my drill, baby? What, where'd you do with my fishing poles? Well, honey, I donated them all to the Goodwill because you weren't using them. And then things get, you know, a hot mess and then things get, you know, construed. I remember, um, when was it? Probably a couple of years ago now, mom decided to rearrange the cabinets in the kitchen and if rearranging the couches and stuff isn't bad enough because you know stubbed toes and crying in the middle of the night's oh so fun uh mom decided to move the canned soup where the bowls were so even to this day if i'm over at her house i go into the wrong stupid cupboard to get a bowl uh there's canned soup i don't want canned soup i want my cereal and uh so anyway so if you're anything like me change is super duper uncomfortable but 
Um, I have also found that it's the exact same thing when you try to believe the truth over a lie. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe that I'm enough because if I'm enough, then that raises my responsibility and my accountability to a new level. Then now I'm expected to do things differently. Now I'm expected to start living differently. Now I'm expected to forgive. And there's just this, this uh, correlation of when we start to really come to the truth and start to believe it and walk in it, that it takes us first to a place of, of being extremely uncomfortable. So, um, so I want to talk to you about low and low, low insecurities, low self-esteem and insecurities today, because I think that is a problem we all still face today. I think it's a problem where, you know, whenever we talk to someone and we feel rejected or we don't feel heard, uh, and we sit here and we wonder, um, does this person really love me? Like they, they didn't hear me out or maybe they, they said something I don't agree with, uh, whatever it is. Um, my friend was telling me the other day that she felt, uh, her feelings were hurt, right? And it's valid to say your feelings are hurt. Even if we know the truth, even if we know this person loves us, even if Sometimes our feelings still get hurt. Why? Because we're human beings. So can we just move past that for a minute? Can we allow ourselves to be human? Can we let ourselves, if someone's coming to us and saying, my feelings were hurt, we don't have to take responsibility for their feelings, but we can't simply say, oh, my bad, like I didn't mean to do that, or I'm sorry your feelings were hurt. Um, I just want to throw that out there because I think oftentimes we are brought sometimes with these things saying like, oh, well, you know, well, now I'm offended because you should know that our relationship is better than that. Or don't you look at these 32 things that I've already done for you? Doesn't that tell you that I love you? And in that moment, my feelings aren't validated. I don't feel heard. And for someone like me, I want to shut down. I want to build back up these walls of self-protection. I want to, you know, dig the moat, put the alligators back in and tell people to, to go away. Um, not the word that first popped into my mind, but we're going to go with it because this is a Christian podcast. So, uh, but the problem with that mindset is, is that's the natural, that's what I naturally want to do. And so when I take it to my prayer closet or when I get quiet and alone with God, he sits here and tells me, we don't, we don't face this this way. We don't put these walls back up because the problem with putting these walls back up is now I'm carrying on this offense. Now I'm not loving you. Now I'm standing in judgment of you. And now when someone else is trying to pour into my life, I'm blocking them. All these things come with this self-protection. All these things come with rejection. All these things come from lies that I believe. Now, is this person being, being nice and being kind and being this and being that? Um, sometimes that answer is no. But how I respond to it makes all the difference about what my belief system really is. If my belief system is that you're not for me, then I will stay away right? And I've learned that if people aren't willing to pour back into you, if it's not a two-way street, then at a certain point, you need to just move on. And that's okay. Yes, it still hurts. Yes, it still is painful. And it's hard to do. It's hard to lay down those boundaries because it's so much easier to put that wall back up. So back to how do we believe, how do we believe the lies? Well, there's a, there was a death in my family again. And this really sucks because this is the third death now that's happened within the past two months. Um, and it, it's extra hard for my aunt because she's now lost her husband tragically. And then now she's also lost her son tragically. Um, my, my aunt and my dad both have kids kind of the same way. There's the older two and then there's a set of twins that, that popped up five, six years later. 
And, um, and so my cousin, who's a twin, Adam and Crystal, um, Adam committed suicide. And I just, the, the, the devastation my aunt must be going through right now. And my cousin Elizabeth, his sister, uh, his older sister, posted something on Facebook. She didn't want to give too many details, so I was trying to be respectful with my post. Um, you know, I d didn't want to air my family's business out there for everybody, but, but suicide is a, is a real thing. Depression's a real thing. And uh, just side note, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts or you have suicidal tendencies, my encouragement is to reach out. You do matter. And I am someone that has overcome suicidal thoughts and depression. And um, I really, back in 2020, I was trying to kill myself. Uh, I was frustrated with waking up from the alcohol and from the, uh, the alcohol-induced comas that I was putting myself in. I was pissed off when I would come to because I really just wanted to not wake up. Um, but the Lord had me. The Lord covered me in those moments, and now I'm standing here preaching to you today that you matter because you do. So please take it from someone that knows. I might not know your exact pain, but I know a God that does. I know a God that sees you right where you're at and that he loves you and that he's there for you. So please know that you really do matter. And if you need help, reach out. Um, and if you're being stubborn like I was, just know that God's got you. And you might not believe me right now, but please just hold on to that truth that God's got you and he's got something better for you. So when, when my cousin posted something, I reached out to her and I said, you know what we're going to do? I said, we're going to fight this thing in prayer and we're going to honor his memory today. We're going to honor his memory by being strong today for the family, for his kids. And we're going to keep fighting and we're not going to do this alone and we're not going to let the enemy have us. And it was short and sweet. I didn't preach a whole message to her in a comment section. Everyone calm down. Um, but I let her know we're going to fight this and you're not alone. Because one of the biggest lies that the enemy wants to tell us and what insecurities bring into our world is that we're alone and that, um, that we have to do this alone. Um, recently, I, I have, uh, I've made some new friends with where I work, and one of the things they said to me was that you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to carry this alone. And it was just such this aha, sigh of relief moment for me because I was like, oh, you mean this suitcase that I've been dragging with me? Like, I... I I'm not, I'm not alone. And it was just this beautiful moment because the Lord just keeps reminding me that he is with me and that he's got me. I love preaching Romans 8, 31 and 32. Like it, you know, no matter what comes my way, like God is for me, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? And, and I stand on that today because I believe that God's got me. Um, my pastor says it, that God is with you and that's his word for the year. And um, I, in 2021, I said, God's got me. God's got me. God's got you. You matter. And I liked it so much. I'm carrying it into 2022 that God's got me. And no matter what, God's got me. God's got my back. God's got my best interest at hand. He tells me to wait. I wait. He tells me to sit still. I sit still. He tells me to be quiet. It takes me a minute, but I'm quiet. Um, and part of that quietness for me is finding that time in my prayer closet, finding that quiet space where I can go and just be with the Lord because it's in those moments when I finally shut up and turn off the distractions and turn everything else off that I can hear his voice telling me, hey, we're not, we're not doing this today. That depression that you took with you yesterday, we're laying it down and we're moving on to bigger and better things. Okay, God, so yesterday was stressful for me. Okay, God, how do I deal with this stress? He says, we sure as heck ain't doing it the way that you did years ago. And I said, okay, so now what? And he's like, this is called unchartered faith. 
I'm not always going to know the next step, but I know who's got the next step. I know who was for me today. And so this morning I did things differently. I got up, I got dressed. When I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to do my math homework and I'm going to kill it. I'm not going to sit here and live in the stress that I lived in yesterday. I'm not going to sit here and live with the offenses and the unforgiveness that I had yesterday. I'm going to bring it before the Lord. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to repent. I'm going to learn to love deeper. I'm going to learn to forgive quicker. And these are the things that the Lord is taking me to because if I really want change, I can't stay the same. So when it comes to believing the truth over over the lies, we have to do something different. We have to work towards it because it's uncomfortable. It's unnatural. The spiritual doesn't just magically fall into us and like, oh, Jesus loves me. Jesus saves. I'm great. That's just not how this works. And uh, faith without works is dead. It's what it says in Hebrews. And then I had heard that verse. I had used that verse before a hundred different times, but I never really fully understood what it meant until I was sitting down the other day and the Lord goes, this is what this means. I'm like, oh, right. I can go to church three times a week. I can be involved in Sunday school. I can pray with this person over here. But if I'm not living it out in my daily, when when Sarah Joe over here comes here and offends me, and I carry that, well, Sarah Joe is just like, and she should know better. And like, how dare she? And I am worth something. You, I'm worth something. When, when that natural tendency kicks in to want to fight back and to bite back, the Lord says, well, hold on. I thought you were just singing that I'm enough on Sunday morning. Oh, well, God, you are enough, but it's not Sunday morning. So, like, I'm not, I'm not singing, you know, singing and raising my hands. Okay, but why are you singing a song that's a lie if you don't live it out? And in that moment, I'm faced with, I need to forgive Sarah Jo. In that moment, I'm faced with, do I carry this offense with me? Do I feel this rejection? Do I build these walls back up of self-protection? Because I guarantee you, I'm the kind of person that when I go to church on Sunday morning and I start singing that God is enough for me, if he isn't enough for me, my spirit starts to convict me. The Holy Spirit starts to speak to me and say, hey, we need to pray right now. We don't need to sing right now. You need to get on your knees and get on your face and ask for repentance over this. And my prayer sometimes, even on Sunday mornings, is when we're singing a song like, God, you are enough, or I can't think of a song directly off the top of my head right now. But there's these moments where it's like, Holy Spirit, you're welcomed here. And I can hear the whole choir of the, of the audience, um, of the congregation singing this song. And I get on my knees and I say, Lord, may this song be true. May you truly be welcomed here. Lord, if there's anything in us where we're not receiving your love, where we're not hearing your voice, Father, I pray that you break that off, us, off of us in this moment. Because I believe that revival is here. It's always been here. But faith without works is dead. So if I'm not willing to walk it out and I'm only willing to sing it out on Sunday morning, that's called hypocrisy. That's the that's the what the Pharisees were known for, this hypocrisy. Like, look at us. Look at these whitewashed tombs that the Lord called it. You look pretty on the outside, but there's death on the inside. So when we're walking through these insecurities, well, how do I do that? Let's make it real practical. How do I take every thought captive? Well, the Lord, um, okay, for instance just something I was dealing with the other day, like uh, with all these stressors flying up in my face, the Lord says, take every thought captive, right? And I said, right. And he says, so how can we do that? And I said, okay. um, Okay. What's this thought? This thought over here tells me that I should just drop my math class because it's too hard or I don't have enough time for it. Is this true? Well, no, like, yes, it takes a lot of work, but we can, 
you know, is it true that you're not smart enough to finish this math class? Because that's really the honest answer that I ask myself. Well, no, that's not true, Lord. It just takes me a little bit longer to understand and to digest. And I'm a slow learner with, with math. I, it takes time. I have to understand every little thing here in order to fully get the full picture and to build. Okay, so we're taking this thought captive. You are smart enough to do this class. It's just going to take a little bit more work, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is. Okay, what's another thought? Another thought over here that says, I'm rejected and I'm unloved and people don't hear me. Is this true? And he took me to Psalms 116 the other day on the bus when I was tired and cold and frustrated. Um, and Psalms 116 says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon him as long as I live. And what the Lord was reminding me in that moment was that he hears me. And I said, okay, I see you, Lord. And he says, and I see you too. So even though they don't see you, even though they don't hear you, I'm enough. And if you'll just hold on, if you'll keep trusting me, if you'll keep believing that God's got you, we can start breaking some more of these chains off of you. We can start setting you free in other areas you didn't know you could be free again. Okay, Lord. All right, let's do this. So when it comes to these insecurities and this value system today, I know that God's got me. I believe that with all my heart. But that faith and even that small truth in and of itself is challenged every day, multiple times a day on how I respond to things. So when I face a new situation or I find myself like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking this way? And, and I start to ask the Holy Spirit to show me and he starts to show me a, a lie. He starts to show me the, you know, the lie that he wants to cut, uproot and put his truth there. Because the truth says that God's got me. The, the truth says that I am called to love everybody. The truth says that I need to forgive. So how do I walk this out? How do I really believe that? Well, I stand on it. So when I looked at my cousin Elizabeth and I said, yo, we're going to fight this. But we're going to do it together and we're going to do it in prayer. And we're going to honor his memory. I was taking a stand on the truth there because I truly believe that. I believe that there are things in my family's life right now that the Lord is trying to break off and to heal. And it's going to get uncomfortable and it sucks to lose people and it sucks to lose people to suicide. But I know that even in this, that God's got my family. I preach every day that people matter. I have it plastered at my job because I manage a coffee shop and I've got the freedom to do that today. And I plaster everywhere you matter. And there's a board that sits there that says, take a note, leave a note. And it's little, um, just words of encouragement. It's confirmations. It's telling people that they matter. Because I guarantee you, someone might see, oh, that's cute. They're going to remember that when they need it. Why? Because I've prayed over that board. Why? Because I know that the Lord wanted me to do that. We can't just keep going about our lives thinking that our insecurities are just dealing with us because all these insecurities did was keep my mouth shut. It kept me isolated. It kept me in a corner and it kept me believing the lies that just aren't true. The Lord loves me. He is for me and everyone isn't for me and everyone isn't going to understand me and that's okay. And when I can be quicker to accept that fact and that truth and know that God's got me and he's working everything for his good and the friends that I've prayed to have that I have one friend that I know that I can take we can go to spiritual battle together I know that and I prayed for her I prayed for a friend I didn't know it was going to be her but it's her 
And I prayed and I waited and the Lord said, just wait. The Lord said, just wait. The Lord said, just wait. So when it comes to these insecurities, when I was this kid, I let everybody else define me. You told me I was ugly. I believed you. Why? Because I already believed it about myself. You told me I was stupid. I believed you because I already felt, well, I'm not smart. I compared myself. I'm not as smart as David Fuentes over here. I'm not as smart as this person. I'm not as smart as that person. I'm not as pretty as her. Right? So you tell me I'm ugly. Cool, man. I get it. Yo, I ain't the prettiest crayon in the box. I get it. I got some, you know, deport. And, and all of this stuff, like, here's the thing, people. When people speak things into your life, you've already believed it about yourself to some degree. So stop blaming them fully for what you believe and start believing the Lord instead. Start believing that the Lord says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Start believing the Lord that says I will work all things together for your good. Start believing the truth over the lie and it's not going to feel comfortable and you're not going to fully believe it. But go ahead and stand on it and say I'm standing on this today because I don't want the lies to hold me anymore. My prayer was when I came to Fort Worth like God. Help me to believe the truth over the lies. He said, okay, are you ready to get down and dirty? Are you ready to get your hands dirty? Are you ready to peel back these scabs that you've been walking on and these calluses you've been walking on for years? Because it's going to get dirty and it's going to get bloody before it gets better. And I said, you know what? If he is for me, who can be against me? I will stand by you, Lord. I will stand by you till death. It's got to get dirty before it gets better. That's how it works. When I bring these insecurities before the Lord, when I bring these things before him, it's uncomfortable. I feel exposed. I feel vulnerable. Well, you don't know my story. No, I don't. But I know that when I have tried doing things one way and then the Lord says, go back to them again. And I say, are you sure? So I go back to them again and then I go back to them again and then I go back to them again because that's what the Lord called me to do. He says, you know, it's not this one and done crap. Jesus died on the cross one time for my sin. He rose one time and conquered the grave. That was a one and done. The rest of it is messy because I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner that is saved by grace. I am a sinner that believed a lot of lies, so it's going to take a lot, of, a lot of truth here to break off some of this. But when I start really walking in faith and saying, God, I don't want to forgive this person, but I forgive them. Lord, I don't want to love them, but I love them. Right? That's when my faith is, is grown. There's this thing, I have a friend that she's struggling with depression, and um, I, I sent her a message today saying, don't let this depression trip you up. Don't let it feed you the lies that it's trying to feed you. Because that very same thing that's trying to trip you up, the Lord is trying to use to increase your faith. We blame the devil a lot, but can we blame the Lord a little bit here too? Because what he is setting us up to increase our faith, he's setting us up for deeper joy. He's setting us up for deeper love. He's setting us up. But then we look at the enemy and we just see it as a roadblock. And the Lord says, no, I called you to jump over that. I told you to walk through it. Like, well, Lord, how am I going to get through this? He says, don't I part Red Seas? Yeah, but that was a cute little Bible story back in the day with those little flannels and, you know, Moses. Like, we ain't Moses. No, we ain't. You know, I'm Amanda Ruth Corley. It's going to look different in my life. You're whoever you are. It's going to look different in your life. So stop trying to sit here and tell God that he's cute. And those Bible stories are cute because what he's doing in your life is he's building a legacy and a storybook of stories where people will be talking about your stories and your faith and your Red Seas. That addiction that was meant to take you out, the Lord is now using 
as like a blaring blowhorn to everyone around you that Jesus saves. When Paul was converted, nobody wanted to believe that he was converted. When we come out of addiction, when we get to know the Lord in whatever state he found us in, people don't want to believe that it's true. They're just waiting for you to fall. Who cares? The Bible says a just man falls seven times and rises up again. And we're sitting over here idolizing like the fact that we tripped or we relapsed or we did this and we did that. Who cares? It isn't about you. It's about the blood of Jesus. So get up, brush the dirt off your knees and keep going because the Lord's got grace for that too. It's not about me. It's not about how good I can be. It's about everything about who Jesus Christ is. And the sooner I start to understand that is, is, and I don't even have to understand it. It's the sooner that I start believing it and walking it because that's faith. Faith isn't coming to church and punching your punch card and saying, well, I went to church today. Okay. That's not faith. Faith says that my cousin just committed suicide and I'm going to speak into it against my family. I'm going to speak the name of Jesus over depression, over suicide, over anxiety, over pride, over complacency, over religious tendencies. I'm going to speak the name of Jesus over it. Though none go with me still, I will follow because not everybody wants my faith. Not everybody wants Jesus. I want everyone to know Jesus. I want everyone to know my faith. Because my faith saved my life. My faith today tells insecurities that they can go back to hell where they came from. My faith today tells me I'm valuable even if you say I'm ugly. My faith today tells me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I stand in that. My faith tells me that no matter what I've done, that it is under the blood. It is to tell us that it is finished. It is over because the Lord says it's over. And today when I walk out my life, how dare I sit here and try to do it in my own strength? How dare I? Because God's got me. And if that is true, if he is for me and not against me, then I will sit here and say, okay, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And it's going to look ugly and it's not going to look pretty. And it's not going to be the way that I want it. But I believe when Isaiah said his thoughts are higher than mine and his ways are higher than mine. I believe that because he's done it before and I know he's going to do it again. So even though it doesn't look like what I think it should look like, I trust him. And I believe him. And there's times sometimes when I need counsel. So I'll reach out to my, my counsel that I trust. I'll reach out to my brother who I know is following the Lord, who I know is hearing from the Lord. And I know that God is working all things together for his good, for his purpose, for his glory to those that love him. And the Bible says if we love him, we'll obey his commandments. His commandments is what tells me to forgive. His commandments is what tells me to love. His commandments is what says, hey baby girl, open up to Psalms 116. And the first few words say, I hear you and I say thank you. So all this stuff that came with me yesterday is not coming in with me today because I'm standing on the truth today. This is how insecurities are fought. This is how our value system is fought because it's not about how great and how special I am, but it's for me, it's about finding out how good of a God it is that, that, that loves me that I serve today. And that requires work. It requires sacrifice. And if God is for me, no one can be against me. And I've got a spoiler alert. God is for you. He's not against you. And I'm sorry that you've been hurt. I'm sorry you've had tragic losses in your life. I'm sorry that you're struggling with addiction. I'm sorry that there's pride in your family. I'm sorry the church hurt you. I'm sorry that your counselor didn't listen to you. I'm sorry that the person you went to that you needed confirmation in that moment didn't give it to you. I really am sorry. I'm sorry your feelings have been hurt. 
And if you're a manly man, you don't have feelings, right? But I'm sorry that you're hurt too. Because when we get alone and we get quiet with God, he starts to show us these things. And then he points us back to his word and his truth that says, I hear you. I see you. I love you. Hey, I'm for you. Hey, hey, don't do that. Don't carry that offense. What are you doing? Like, and, and we start building it. I, I love you. Well, hold on. Why am I not enough for you? Why are you crying about person over here who, who says you're not enough? You're enough for me. Wait, come back. Come back. And we don't come back into his presence until it's Sunday morning and the music starts. And the Lord is calling us to a deeper, intimate place with him. Will you go? Will you find a prayer closet? Will you find time to get alone with him so he can finally tell you the truth and you can stop telling him the lies that you believe? Will you seek his word? Will you listen for him? Will you look for him? Will you lay down those offenses? Will you lay down your will? Will you say, Lord, though none go with me, still I will follow? It is that faith that is tried and true. And the Bible says that it gives us endurance. God is with us at all times. I'm just going to pray over you, and I, I pray that the rest of your week goes well. Lord, I just thank you for who you are. Father, I pray for everyone listening to this this morning um, or this afternoon or whenever they're listening to it, that they know that they are enough, that they know, Lord, that you have made what man meant for evil, you mean for good. You said, if we love you, Lord, you are working all things together for your good and for your glory. And God, may we trust you in those dark moments. May we trust you in the depression. May we trust you in the addiction, the anxiety. Lord, that pride that keeps us callous, Lord, I, I, I just rebuke it in the name of Jesus today. I declare the blood of Jesus over our prideful hearts. I pray, Lord, that you break us and you bring us to a point, Lord, where we've got to have you. Though none go with me, so I will follow, Father. May we not just lift up our hands and praise you on Sunday morning, but may we lift up our hands and praise you or get on our knees and on our face, Lord, when this pride and these insecurities and this, this offenses and this depression starts to take over, Lord, may we get on our face before you and say, God, I need you. And maybe we don't even have the words to say, but Lord, you know our heart, you know our tears, you know our face. Lord, I pray that we're not just Sunday morning Christians, Lord. That you are taking us to a deeper place. And Lord, I pray for anyone that's listening to this message, Lord, that doesn't know you as Savior, Father. I pray that they know that you love us, that you died on the cross for our sins and you rose again the third day, declaring victory over our sin, victory. And that you said that salvation is a free gift if anyone calls upon you, Lord, that you will hear them and save them. And Lord, I thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus that covers me. And Lord, I pray that you help me to remember as I go throughout my day, as I open up my math homework, that it is the blood of Jesus that not only saves me, but empowers me to do what I'm doing today. And Lord, I pray that you go before me and you help me with everything, Father. Lord, I love you and I thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.